Memorial Day weekend, and it looks like we finally have a beautiful day. And it looks like the next few days, maybe the whole week, is going to be nice and sunny and bright, and um, a lot of good stuff. Um, we are going today to talk about today's market and why it's good to choose a realtor. And uh, I have some. Uh, good uh, recent news about the market, especially for buyers. I think that is coming on the horizon. And um, I'm recording this actually Saturday morning because I have a day planned with many activities. So it's about a little bit after 10 now, but you'll be seeing this tonight uh, at 7 p.m., okay? So let's start with our little uh, intro, and we'll get right into today's work.
Okay, that stopped a little bit earlier uh, than I had thought. Uh, so, you know, sometimes there's a little bit you know, a couple of uh, cranks in the software, but that, that was a little fast. Um, but anyway, um, you know, something did go wrong with that uh, video. Okay. And I'm, I'm using no new software, as I talked about last week. And um, uh, there's a lot of pluses with it. So I could do these nice little sound effects. So, for instance, I could do uh, the crowd sharing. Everybody's sharing out there. And, oops, okay. Let's try that again. Okay, I'm, I don't want to bore you with this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I can't make it go loud again. Let's see. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm going to practice more with that. These are nice things that I could do with this new software. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a wave video. And um, uh, they just started with a, a streaming service. And it's really, really good has a lot of bells and whistles that I really, really like. So, um, well, anyway, I wanted to talk about the benefits of working with a realtor. Um, I want to start off with first, uh, and, and this is known by a majority of people, but maybe with new home buyers, uh, they do not know. But there's no cost to you as a home buyer, whether you're new to the market or you're buying your second home, third home. There's no cost to you for using a realtor, all right? We get paid from the proceeds of the sale on the seller side. So in the fact, the seller is paying us, uh, both the buyer agent and the listing agent, all right? But they're not paying any money up front. They're paying, uh, you know, everything will be paid at closing with the proceeds from the sale of the house. So it's not like the seller's writing out a check for a couple thousand dollars or whatever, no. They might, for instance, um, stage their house, let's say it's empty, and they want to put furniture in there that's temporary. Uh, there are uh, staging companies that'll go in there, they'll put in couches and beds and, and night tables and dining room tables, and they may pay for that just so people could visualize how furniture could look in a uh, or in an empty house. So there uh, are costs for that, but not directly to the realtor who is listing the home. All right. So I want to um, put that out there first. Um, I may talk a little bit about the situation I had this week uh, with. Um, someone who is going to list with me, but they decided that they're not going to make any upgrades to their home. Um, and they want to sell it fast. So they called around to different investors. Now they still could have used me because when you're going to find out what we're, about, what we're going to talk about today is that uh, my knowledge of the industry and all realtors knowledge of the industry. Of course, I want you to choose me, but 
uh, it's not only me, myself that possesses this knowledge, but most experienced real estate people. Uh, we have the knowledge of the industry, of the paperwork involved, of the negotiations that have to be made, uh, what we have to abide by when it comes to city regulations. All right, there's a lot of knowledge behind it. And sometimes it's a lot of knowledge just from experience because I know that the, this couple will be bombarded with people who say that they are investors, okay? But they're working on behalf of a lender who's looking for properties to flip. And it's not as if the, this uh, investor with quotes uh, has the money in the bank and they could close within a week or maybe to two weeks, all right? It's not gonna be that. I've worked with investors who had, they had the combination of the vault, they had their money. And once they found a house that they wanted to flip, uh, as soon as the title search was done, if it took a week, we could close. If it took two weeks, we could close. But not with um, a, um, a hard lender because they will still send out um, people to look at the house. I've done this for a company. And they usually want two, maybe three opinions on a house that they are in contract with to see what would be the aftermarket value after they made the improvements, what they could sell it for. And that takes time. All right. And they may still drop the contract if they can't get to that price that they want. All right. So I know they're going to be bombarded with that. They're going to be, you know, they really won't know who truly is the one that has the, you know, the, the, the key to the vault or the combination of the vault. They're going to be working with a lot of people who are working with other people who going to pretend that they are investors, but they're not. All right. And then there's the negotiation process and there's also all the paperwork involved. Now they could have listed it and just paid me. Uh, if, even if they go to the investor and they found the investor just to pay me to represent them, which I believe they should have, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, it's always important to go with a, a, and we hear this term a lot, a trusted advisor. I'm going to put it very simply. There are people who uh, buy stocks on their own, whether it's stocks, whether it's bonds, if it's uh, uh, mutual funds, whatever. They'll research it and buy products on their own. Okay. And then they'll, you know, they sell it on their own. Um, and they can make good money. I mean, they really have to read about the market, see what's going on. But there, there are people who say, uh, I'm going to give you this amount of money to a stock broker and saying, I, I like to invest into, into tech stocks, into green stocks, whatever. And you just go with it and you find me the best stocks to, uh, to invest in. And they do it. So you're, and they'll get a fee from purchasing, right? Uh, and that's what you're paying them for. 
you're paying them that knowledge of, of making the transaction. Could you have done it on your own? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But they didn't want to be bothered with doing the research, with, you know, with, with checking out graphs and charts of the stocks and if they're moving up and if they're moving down, they sent it to a trusted advisor. And when you hire a real estate agent, a realtor to list a property, because you're the one who's paying them, okay? Again, for the buyer, there's no cost to them. As for a commission, yes, the buyer has to uh, uh, afterwards pay for a, a tri-merged credit report. They're going to have to pay for an appraisal. They're going to have to pay for a home inspection. Okay. They're going to have to make a down payment. But the, and they would have had to do that whether they use an agent or not. Okay. But the commission that we receive uh, for doing uh, this transaction, the buyer uh, pays nothing. Okay. Because we truly, we work for the seller, okay? Um, now, we have buyer's agreements down here, and that's a whole other uh, um, podcast, all right? This, discussing what a buyer broker is and a selling broker, and I could spend another half hour on that, okay? But we are paid, no matter if we are a buyer's agent, if we're a seller's agent, we are paid by the proceeds of the sale, okay? So there's so much involved with listing a home and putting it on the market and getting the signage and having it reached out to or go to the multiple listing service of the area that you are in. I'll shoot out to Zillow. I'll shoot out to Realtor. Okay, and then when I list a property and then this, oh my God, there's so many other sites that it automatically feeds into, all right? But then there's the marketing of, of the house. There's the, you know, doing uh, photos, video uh, taping, you know, doing little little videos on it. There's so much more involved. And that depending, you know, on how the market is, how much more you have to invest or the agent has to invest in, in marketing property, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later now how the market is slowing down, but you know, six months or a year ago, you just put it on the market. But, but my last property, I didn't even make, <laughs> I didn't even make a flyer. It was gone by the weekend that I put it up. I didn't ha even have to make a flyer, let alone. I think I did. I did, did do a video. I mean, of course, I have to do photos for the multiple listing service. But it was one, two, three gone. But the market is changing, and now we have to go back to these steps for marketing and this is what um you know unless you're 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 uh you're retired or you're independently wealthy you have time to do but if you're working person if you're working mom and dad you don't have time for this and this is what we get paid for i know when um you know we're trained with scripts on uh reaching out to fizzballs that's uh first uh, um, for sale by owner. And they said, well, uh, you can make more money by listing with us, you know, even if you're paying us a commission. It may be so. It may be in case they did not price it correctly. 
But if they price it correctly, of course they're going to make more money because they're not paying out 6% of commission or 3% of commission. You're paying us for the service, for the service of doing it. I, I want to be upfront. You know, if you are a, a real estate genius, you really understand the market, you know the paperwork has to be done, you have time for open houses, you have time for videotyping. Yeah, if you price it correctly, yeah, you, you'll make more money. I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to make more money. You're paying us for the service. Just remember, you know, going back years when I thought about becoming an entrepreneur, I went to a, a meeting on salesmanship, and we, we, you know, and he talked about when you go to McDonald's, and this is going like thirty years ago. When you go to McDonald's, are you there buying a product or a service? Well, so many people said, uh, "Oh, you know, I'm buying a, a Big Mac, I'm buying a soda, I'm buying fries." No, I'm buying products. No, you're not. You're buying a service. You could go to your local grocery store and you could buy hamburger meat and you could buy French fries, you know, throw them in the oven. You could buy a, a big bottle of Coca-Cola or a Pepsi and you could do this your own. You go in there to be served, right? You're paying for that service of, of not having to cook and not having to clean up, right? So when you hire an agent to list your home, you're hiring us for that service. Let me get my um, file up here. And um, uh, there we go. And let me get a little sip of water. Oh. Okay. So work with a real estate professional if you want the best advice, okay? And again, this young man is, um, I'm assuming he's a buyer's agent and he's showing these two lovely young ladies this nice house here. And um, he's showing them around the house. So basically what this article is saying, the expert will give you the best advice possible. Let's say you need an attorney. So you seek out an expert in the type of law required for you the case. When you go to their office, they won't immediately tell you how the case is going to end or how the judge or jury will rule. What a good attorney can do is to discuss the most effective strategies you can take. Then they make a recommend one or two approaches they believe will work well for your case, All right? And that's what you want from a real estate professional, a realtor. You want their best advice, okay? And where we really know a, a lot about is, is the current housing market. And, and you see a lot of reports on the news of what's going on and overall, Overall, um, it's an extremely hot market. Homes are going fast. Buyers are getting discouraged because of all the competition. But I really see, and I'm beginning to feel, and I'm going to show it to you with the next article, that uh, I really think it's, it's, it's uh, slowing down. And it's going to be a little bit of a plus. Even with the higher interest rate, 
Um, there were times when interest rates were 12 percent. There were times where interest rates were 17 percent and people still bought homes. Of course, back then in the 80s, uh, when we had the high interest rates, I mean, homes weren't as expensive as they are now, but people are making more money. OK. So we will work, talk about market trends, which I'm going to talk about right now for home buying and selling. OK. And we will give you the best but not perfect advice when i say that and if you've been watching my previous forecast a podcast and i was thinking of forecast uh because there's so many things that could change the trajectory of a market all right we were talking about how the market uh, is strong and we were saying how home prices will still continue to rise and we know that um, mortgage rates have gone up, but there's a lot of factors out there, right? We have the, uh, the war in Ukraine and how that affects us. We still have supply chain issues, how that might affect us and prices. If we go into recession, how is that going to affect, uh, home prices and people looking for homes? All right. So there's a lot of things going on. I subscribe. Uh, to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the Business Insider. This one I just subscribed because they really have good articles. And this is Fortune Magazine. Um, and they say the cooling housing market enters the great deceleration. And what they're basically saying is that, uh, you know, with the high prices of homes and with the uh, mortgage rates going up. A lot of buyers are saying, all right, I'm not going to rush now. I'm going to see what happens. Okay. Um, yeah, it was great buying that house at, at 3% mortgage rate. And if I had a bit more, uh, because there was such a great rate, if I had to go $5,000 over the asking price, if I had to go 10,000, I could do it. But now with mortgage rates going up, maybe not so much, okay? Okay. And what's happening, as I talked about last week, that segment of your buying pool will only enter because rates were so good. And now saying, all right, I'll stick out in my house a little bit longer. I really don't have to. Uh, it's not a necessity to move right now. Uh, I might make some home improvements and just stick it out. So. Uh, that segment of that buying pool is gone, all right? So you have left that people who really you know, looking for a bigger house, they, they need more room. They might be on a job transfer. They might be with the military and, and being sent to another part of the country. So um, oh, in this part of the article, again, it's a little bit of a... Um, a review was happened up to this point. The pandemic housing boom has seen U.S. home prices soar to 34.4%. But they're saying now it's clear that the pandemic housing boom is cooling and is cooling fast. And I highlighted some areas here. The housing market is clearly softening. Devin Bachman, vice president of research at John Burns Real Estate Consulting, Fortune. In some cases, buyers have stopped searching for a home altogether. And I've seen that. I really see 
We've seen that happen. Why did it happen here? They're going to talk about the feds. Uh, moved into inflation fighting mode by raising the uh, well they don't um, directly raise the um, mortgage rates but it's kind of like a domino effect so the central bank has made a clear showing inflation requires slowing down the red hot housing market that's why the fed has put the up with pressures on mortgage rates which have climbed from 3.11 percent to fund the quarter over the past five months. Rising mortgage rates rise cause demand destruction as the would-be home buyers get priced out. Second, the overheated 2022 spring market has pushed us over the edge into what housing economists call an overhauled housing market. So a lot of these houses uh, are overvalued in different regions. And basically, to summarize this paragraph here, basically, it's it's much higher than the average income level of the people living in that city, in that town, in that area. So it's overpriced, and people just can't buy it. They can't afford it. And the U.S. economy is losing steam. The Fed isn't just attacking exuberance in the housing market, it's also attempting to slow down the red-hot labor market. So when um, the Feds raise the um, uh, lending rate, companies that need money maybe to make payroll, maybe to expand, buy a new factory, add on to a factory, and they're not going to do it, and they might end up actually stop hiring or perhaps uh, lay off some people. That's a bad thing. Of course, that's a bad thing. But, you know, it's a trade-off between, between having prices of items that people can't afford or having less people working. So the pandemic housing boom absolutely crushed housing inventory. Indeed, heading into the year spring market, inventory levels were 48%, that's here, 48 pre, 48% below pre-pandemic levels. The lack of options, of course, gave buyers little choice but to build up home prices. But what's the good news? Is there any good news with all this? Yeah. The good news for home buyers, inventory levels are finally inching up again. In March, inventory on Zillow.com stood at 715,800 homes. That climbed up to 740,000 uh, in April. Industry insiders tell Fortune that rising inventory, something they expect to go higher this month, indicates softening. However, as long as the inventory remains well below pre-pandemic levels, there will be upward pressure on prices. There will be. But some areas, again, where the prices are well above what the average resident could afford, I'm going to say some areas prices will be coming down. It may not be nationwide. and may not be in the areas where a lot of people have moved to. 
because the economy is good, because it's good for business, less taxation for corporations, um, those areas may still remain strong. Uh, but I think certain areas, like I even believe in the area that we're in, Hampton Roads, I think they're going to start, uh, I think it's going to start coming down. I mean, we're in the area, we're, we're in a good area. A lot of people love Hampton Roads. I love Hampton Roads. I love the different cities. Each city has their own flair. Okay. And uh, to me, it's very similar to the five boroughs of Manhattan. Okay. Each borough having their own persona, their own feel to it. Uh, but, um, you know, we have the military here, we have the uh, um, the shipyards, you know, we have companies that build ships. Um, and then, of course, we have tourism. Uh, but I don't see, you know, I see cities that really have multitudes of corporations, big corporations. I could see where, where the prices will remain high, might go up a little bit. But... Personally, I feel that they will start dropping in this area. That's just an opinion. Uh, it's it's just a feeling that I have. And on Tuesday, the U.S. Census Bureau reported the annual rate of new home sales fell 70 cents between March and April. It was the lowest reading for new home sales since the steps of the COVID to the, uh, the COVID. 19 recession in April of 2020. Okay. So there is definitely a softening of the, of the real estate market. Okay. And so I, I think this is good, good news for home buyers to start entering the market again. I don't think it's bad for sellers because prices are still up. They're, you know, they're up like I showed around 34%. Even if you sell it for a little bit less than the ones that were originally sold for, you're still making a killing. Okay. So you really want, I mean, you know, if you're selling something, it could be worth, you know, a million dollars, but if nobody wants to buy it. It's just a paper value, right? You take a, a famous painting to Sotheby's to be auctioned, and they say, "Well, it could be worth you know two million dollars," but nobody offers it. It's just a paper value. So you need buyers, and this change we're seeing in the market might be the the change uh, that we need. Okay. All right. So with that in mind, uh, we have a little short video on. If you're planning to step it up to summer with a bigger house, what to look for?
Okay. So some things to think about if you are thinking of moving up this summer with a new home, with a beautiful backyard, maybe a pool, um, contact me. I will send you listings that have pools and would love to be your uh, buyer's agent, okay? So I usually end with a little funny video, but it's Memorial Day weekend, and it looks like it's gonna be a beautiful, great weekend with barbecues and, and swimming and beaches, and that's wonderful, but we can't forget those who gave their all for our freedoms. So, um, my father, who was a 98-year-old World War II vet, uh, passed away in March. I made a video, this video that I'm going to show, actually after my mother died, uh, and you're going to learn about how they met. And um, I just wanted to talk about, uh, well, their story and what America's about and what comes about from our different uh, different situations. So I'm going to leave you with that. Um, and I'm not going to do my ending credits because this is kind of solemn. So enjoy the weekend, but um, make sure you spend time to, to honor those who gave their all. Okay? All right. Be kind to each other, and I'll see you uh, next week. veteran of World War II. Dad was born in Brooklyn, New York, and was a late teen when Pearl Harbor was bombed and the United States entered the war. As the draft began, many young men were torn from their homes, from the farms of the country, and the streets of the cities to fight. My father answered his call, an American soldier of Italian descent, fought in World War II and was later stationed in Germany where he met Susanna Hannebauer, who was born there. They fell in love and many months after the war they were married in the United States, their marriage lasting 66 years until mom's death last January. Through the years my father never talked about battles nor fighting the enemy. The only wartime stories dad told us was when he met mom and their adventures together. His medals were kept in a plain box. He never boasted about them. He never went into detail about why he received them. And I nor my sister even bothered him for an answer. We respected his quiet reticence as if that silence was honor and allegiance itself. So for this Memorial Day and those after, I pray for all soldiers who have perished during combat, who fought for a country that believes in individual freedom and rights, a country that cares for the less fortunate, a country that welcomes those who are persecuted. And I pray that there will be a time when we speak of war no more. Thank you, Dan.